Right. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready, ready, I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. You ready? <laughs> I was born ready, Phil. I was never born ready. You were created <laughs> in a off, laboratory. Just off my mum. <laughs> never born ready. You were the uh, product of experiments. <laughs> misplacement i was going to say but yeah i'll, I'll, do, I'll take experiments brought to you by noah's arcade Phil. Hi, Stefan. Hi, guys. Stefan. <laughs> Hi, people of the uh, listening public. Welcome to Vanderhof and Co. Vanderhof and Co. It's um, brought to you by Vanderhof and Co. Brought to you by Noah's Arcade UK. We are. Uh, it. Uh, it's not a new episode as such, is it? No, it is another episode, but it's not another epi episode. No, if we're that um. Makes any sense to anyone? Yeah, it's um. <laughs> So we're still picking through uh, EGX interviews, our resed yep. interviews rather. We've just they we've not been a- yeah we've not been able to uh, kind of life has got in the middle of us being able to uh, record that blimmin' thing that blimmin' thing called life. Yeah. Plus, you had um, you did we had the event on Saturday. We did have the event on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two event. Yeah, down at down at the pub, Tony Hawk's Two. Everyone jumping on, jumping on in, setting into the competition. We had a few people went into the competition. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think when it got to a certain stage, because people were putting in with like uh, ten thousand points to start off with, and then I think one person hit in with one hundred twenty-eight, and then someone just smashed it out with two hundred eighty-two thousand. Oh wow! Everyone was asking me what the score was, and they were like, uh, "I probably won't enter because uh, no." <laughs> And then someone comes and smashed it afterwards, like literally about half an hour before I, before we finished. <laughs> Just smashed the score, and I was like, "Oh, okay." At least, uh, at least that was a few. Oh, nice. So the winner took the prize pot, did they? They did indeed. And what so was the like 26, uh... the prize pot? It was twenty six pound in total. That's not too bad. No, it isn't. But plenty of people playing. They everyone enjoyed themselves. Yeah, I, I think there's only a couple of times where it's a bit quiet, but. Because I was using my TV along with the other TVs, my my actual home TV. Oh, okay. Uh, for, for one of them, for one of the PlayStation ones. Everyone was mainly jumping on that one because it was one of the larger TVs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably <laughs> a bit easier that. to uh, to do uh, on a on a larger screen. I think only one person entered uh, on the N64 as a competition. Uh, they got like ten thousand points. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played the N sixty four version of uh, Pro Skater two. Don't think many people had. I, I, to be honest, I think most people like. I didn't even realise this was a thing. Yeah, it's um. Well, it. I was looking into information about it, and it came out like nearly a year after the main versions. It's made by someone else as well. Is it? Um, well, it's been ported by someone else, not made, but because um, obviously Activision made the Tony Hawk's on PlayStation One, mm-hmm. Treyarch made the port for Dreamcast, and then someone else—I can't remember—I 
Someone else did the oh, never saw, was it never saw, no. Someone else did it for uh, N64, I believe. Oh, okay. So it's a different port. See, because I that's why it looks terrible. <laughs> does it? Does it look bad? Does it? <coughs> yes. The best one is actually the Dreamcast version. Oh wow! Okay. Dreamcast version is really, really yeah, just it's polished, really, really polished. Oh, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to check it out once I get my Dreamcast and my copy back off you. Yeah, I would <laughs> definitely recommend it. It's really, really good. The only other version I've played is uh, the one that came out on Game Boy Advance. So I haven't played that because it, it was a it was a launch title. Ah, uh, okay. So I got that and Super Mario Land, uh, Super Mario World Two, which is basically Super Mario Brothers Two. But good old uh, Super Mario. But yeah, that I remember that version not being too bad. Oh, sorry then. The N64 version was pretty bad, though. I'll have, to, uh, I'll have to track down a copy. Well, I'll, 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 borrow, I'll let you borrow mine if you want. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I might... I'll just probably try and play it around yours. I don't think... I think once I've played half an hour of the of that version, I'll be like, mm, no. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. And can we turn the console off now? Yeah. <laughs> I go just put the Dreamcast one back on. I'd be like, oh no, fuck that. Yeah, I yeah I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Dreamcast so good, N sixty four so bad. Yeah, which is a shame, really. But it is a shame. I mean, the N sixty four was never really. It was it. It was a strange. It had some really good strange games piece. on it. Yeah, but it had some really real toss stuff as well. It did. It's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. But yeah, we're well, not here to anyway. talk about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. We're here to uh, talk EGX Resed more EGX, EGX Resed. Well, the first up of our interviews was a game that you I played. Yes, you played it, but you'd already had your eye on it prior to Resed, oh, hadn't you? I have. Yeah, I had my eye on it from I think it was last year's EGX, or maybe even the e, uh, not EGX uh, Res Three. Oh, E3. E3, last year's E3, or the year before's E3. I can't remember when it was first announced. Mm. But it was announced a little while ago, and I watched it, and I was just amazed by it. Like, Are we keeping you up, Phil? A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Considering that I usually go to bed at 1 o'clock in the morning, yeah, you're definitely keeping me up. It's because you've, all you've done all day is play Uncharted. Oh, there is that, yeah. And it depends on what time of the day that people are listening to the podcast right now. I'm not going to lie. Cause it they, does. They could be listening on their way home at like four o'clock in the morning and there's me like fast asleep and I'm just yawning. Yeah. And I'm really not helping them stay so, awake for their bus home. We're a gaming uh, gaming and entertainment podcast and sleep aid. Well, sometimes. People falling asleep <laughs> on their last bus. Just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just don't blame us if you miss your stop. <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing to do with that. No. That is not our fault. That is the no. bus man's fault. But that's bus driver. <laughs> put a disclaimer on our uh, iTunes. Yeah, I think that's the way we do it right now. <laughs> Before anyone starts blaming us, left, right, and centre, left, right, and centre. So the name of this game, Phil, is Rhyme. It is. It's Rhyme. It's um. So, who made? Is it is it made by a particular? Uh, have they made something before that you've um, you've played and liked? I should know <coughs> this really. No, not that I know of. To be honest, now I'm now I'm going to have to have a look as well. Because it's Tequila Works who are the publisher, and it's no, I'm just having... Tantalus Media are the developer. And would you believe it? They were the ones that ported. They did Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD port for Wii U. Park Rally. 
South Park Rally. SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Pony Friends 2. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Manx TT Superbikes on the Saturn. Lemonek. After they're done. Well, Top Gear Rally. Yeah, Mega Mind. So they've been making some games. Unreal 2. Oh, blimey. You'd think we'd know this beforehand. Yeah. House um, of the Dead, 1996. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah. Rhyme from the studio that brought you all of those. Everything that we've probably played, apart from Pony Friends 2. Apart from Pony Friends 2. I only played the first one. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't make any friends off of it. No, <laughs> so Tony kicked me in the face. We didn't speak to anyone at Tantalus Media. However, we, we did speak to Miguel from Tequila Works, and uh, and didn't he? Uh, we were actually playing the full build. You were playing the full build of the game, weren't you? I was playing playing the full build of the game. And, um, uh, he, he wouldn't was... let me go past a certain point, would he? No, he wouldn't let you walk into no, the light. Never go into the light. No, never go into the light. So If you pass out, never go into the light. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I so... don't know how I got out of it. <laughs> no, you were very lucky. Didn't I... I was very lucky. Didn't I say I was going to hold him back and you could would just see how far you could get? Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you said you might go and distract him with food or something and see if that would take his mind off of it, and I just walked straight through. Yeah. But... I don't want to wind them up too much. No. You know, they were they hadn't given us an interview at that stage. No, they hadn't. <laughs> Not quite. But um yeah, so I think we should uh hand over now to four weeks ago in the past. Four weeks ago us and Miguel from Tequila Works talking about rhyme. Okay folks, we are here down at EGX Resd twenty seventeen. Yeah. Uh it's Stefan and Phil. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've just been playing Rhyme. Rhyme, yeah. And uh, we're lucky enough to have somebody here to uh, chat with us about the game itself. Sir, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you uh, would introduce yourself, tell yeah. the uh, listeners who you are. I am Miguel Paniagua. I am producer at Tequila Works. I'm a proud producer of Rhyme, uh, the game that we are going to release very soon, actually. It's going to be on May 26th. So it's been a very long road, but very, very worth it. Now, it's, uh, it is, it's, where, where are we? End of March, so we're literally a couple of months away from release. release. Uh, it's been getting a lot of talk about it. It's, uh, it's on Xbox One here. Um, I believe it's PS4 as well and Nintendo Switch going to be also on PC Steam uh, for the same day 26 and then there's an upcoming version for Switch uh, there's going to be a little delay probably for summer so, yeah it's going to be it's very it was a natural step to go to Nintendo Switch because the game looks like very Nintendo-ish yeah, kind of, yeah. very very Nintendo-ish so for the uh, for the uninitiated Rhyme uh, I, I mean, I could describe it from what I've seen. Phil, you could probably, but who best than uh, the producer himself? So, uh, for anyone who is listening who doesn't know what rhyme is, sum it up. Give us the uh, the lowdown on the title. Rhyme is the story of a kid uh, that appears in a in a very mystery island with a beautiful universe color 
and you have to explore certain it's a kind of adventure of exploring uh, the all the, the the little environment all the little island trees wherever you want to go you will be able to go uh, and all around there's a very deep story uh, there's a very beautiful narrative behind the, the kid and a lot of puzzles there too that will challenge your mind now uh, you've got this the story of the uh, the kid wakes up mm-hmm. is it at the beginning I can see there's as we were playing we were we could feel there was a uh, there was an I kind of an Ico shadow of the Colossus um, you can s- sort of feel like not sort of like journey sort of feel to it as well mixed with yeah. that in there I felt quite a bit from that coming into it as well there's it seems to wear its inspiration on its sleeve is are there um, in terms of the de- development team are the big fans of the uh, that kind of genre and they've kind of channeled it into into rhyme yeah actually we are very very uh, fan of uh, of Ico team but this game is, has something unique uh, regarding those those games we don't have any combat so the game is has no word has no combat all the emotion all the the story is told to the player around the, the emotion of this kid so even though we have this common aspect with Aiko and Zelda the Wind Waker um, they are more visual than actual ins- gameplay inspiration uh, this, this game is more narrative. I mean, Aiko and Zelda are always very narrative. But this game has very deep story behind that it's quite subtle. Uh, you will need to explore a lot. You will need to uh, reveal a lot of secrets to understand what it's... Fu- to fully understand what is going behind the cube. The background, it's quite deep. So we but just. Yeah, of course, oh. we are very fan of Icon. And yes. Somebody told me before, you must be sick of people telling you that it's kind of Ico or kind of Zelda in Waker. And I said, uh, actually, no, this is quite flattering. Those are so huge games. Yeah. And being compared to just an honor. Because even, though, I mean, through playing, you can, you can feel. The, uh, the influences in that but it has its own look to it so you can't you, playing the game itself you'd be like oh well this looks like such and such and it plays like such and such but it, it isn't it does have its own unique look we've just see someone just playing now and you, you wake up on the beach um, and it's this beautiful uh, almost artistic um kind of the visuals that it has about it is um did the did the game itself start out with this particular visual look to it is that it was that the goal from the yeah, beginning it was very intended i mean we had uh, at the beginning uh, one of the inspiration uh, one of the the concept guys behind the game was jose luis Baello, who was our, our director he was very uh, he had a vision of doing a game with, I don't know if you know, a painter, Spanish painter called Sorolla. He is from the beginning of the, the 20th century. Uh, so he has, he works the, the Mediterranean lights in a way that we try to, 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 
to put it in the game actually so it's very unique the way we try to 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 to, to work the lights of the mediterranean island yeah actually the sound has been also recorded in ireland in, in, ah, very, okay. in a very very uncommon places where there is almost no civilization and they were going to there's a couple of guys david garcia he went there to record those sil- sounds to have very unique environment uh, sounds. It gives okay. you an atmosphere very real. It's given like a massively stunning atmosphere when you're playing the game and you can hear it and the sound effects coming through. It's just fantastic. That's why I got that sort of that Abzu and uh, Journey feel from it as well. Yeah, I think totally. The, the music helps a lot to, to give you the mood of the game. Also. Yeah. So it's it's all about the uh, all about the atmosphere. Um, now I didn't play the demo. I just stood and watched. It's and not it's not the demo. It's the full version. You were yeah, you were uh, cut off as you From were as you were From appro- the whiteness. Yeah, you were approaching the light, and you were uh, told to stop. Um, how much time do you manage? Did you I mean how um, it took to? When you um, probably about forty minutes. I think Phil was. Is been fast. Is that fast? fast. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the usual player takes like one hour, a little more, to play the the first environment. So yeah, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so. Uh, from what we've seen, Phil was—you uh, were activating light puzzles to open doors. Yeah, right. There was a little fox that was, fella that was running around. Yeah, he's your companion. He's your companion. Yeah. The okay. First, the first puzzle uh, tries to reveal how you summon this fox, and this fox is going to help you all around the, the adventure, all around your path. Uh, he's going. He's kind of guide whenever you are lost. The fox appears and say, "Hey, this is the way. You can go and explore freely by yourself." But the fox is like always a little help to say, "Hey, I'm here. This is the way." <laughs> nice. Now, um, there was because you were activating the puzzles with like a shout, yeah. kind of a or a, a cry, kind of a thing. Um, is that one, just one of many? Uh, different uh, mechanics that you open up as you play through the uh, game what can we expect from beyond the light that we were well uh, the, the, the shouting mechanic is all around the game uh, it will it will uh, be the base of many many puzzles there's puzzle with perspective there's puzzle with sound there are puzzles with light and shadow. Yeah, you, there was another one where um, Phil was turning a ball and it was changing the time with, of day. With the day and light yeah. cycle, yeah, that's one of my favorite puzzles. Yeah, very cool. I think, I think the, the, the night and day cycle we have is gorgeous. It looks very, very fine and it's so beautiful. The stars in the sky, it's, it's amazing. But uh, yeah, we will have uh, this kind of puzzle all around the, the game. Uh, I can't tell you a little further, but what you will what you will find. But I hope you play and you will enjoy it. Well, it certainly looks. I mean, Phil, you're a big fan of Shadow of the Colossus and the previous. I don't want to keep referencing those titles because Rhyme is very much its own um, its own title itself gorgeous looking and it looks like I mean I haven't played it but we've 
uh, we're here all weekend, so I'm definitely going to throw myself in and see if I can make sure people are distracted and I can get past the bit when, uh, when we're not allowed to. Um, bring us an exclusive. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else that you'd like to say about Rhyme? Is there anything that... that we are very excited of bringing this game. Uh, it's going to be released on 26 May on PS4, Xbox One and Steam. So, yeah, it's, we are done. I mean, we are almost there. The release is coming. Very excited. And so is it, are you... Uh, it's been four years working it's on four this game, so it's been a very long run. And it's, uh, it's, it's there, you're, you've yeah. got the final copy yeah, down, yeah. and you're... Yes. There's, no, there's no one sat back and they're like, well, we could, we kind of, there's this little thing. You know, and when you have a team that is so demanding with themselves and they are very enthusiastic, they are always guy or two or the whole team that says yeah it's huge it's incredible it's well done but we could have done this fix or this thing or but the game is fully uh, complete uh, it's 100% done it's fixed it's pretty solid and I think it's the best thing that we could have achieved in the time we've been done so uh, was there a big team working on it what's the what was the uh, size we start being 25 but we've been up to 45 uh, at the studio in madrid uh, some outsourcing also with the animation we need some support with the fx too but yeah 45 we've been working on it. awesome it's been a great great team to be an indie game so yeah well how, sorry oh, um, no, no. How, how big is the the, uh, the world itself well, how big? Um, if you want to finish the game from the beginning to the end, just like the speed run thing without taking the achievement, without taking the secret, it's going to take you like uh, six, eight hours, depends on the puzzle. So, whatever. the extra 20 minutes that I cut off on the first part <laughs> no 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 it's going to take you a little more but if you want to if you want to take all the achievements all the secrets the game can be up to 16 80 hours so 16 18 hours maybe yeah it's nice it's nice it's good though I think that's on your wish list now it isn't is, it yeah. <laughs> although you you I were really the uh yeah, Phil, you were the driving force in um, getting so, getting to chat to uh, someone to, at, at one point this weekend. So um, I'm, I, for one, I'm glad that you uh, introduced me to it because I think that's uh, yeah. Sold you? Yeah, I, I sold think you. I am sold. But um, fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining thank us. You. Thank you. Um, and we wish you uh, all the best for the rest of the weekend. Thank you very much. We wish you all the best too. Thank you. Thank you. God, I look different back then. Did you? I don't know. A little less greyer. A little less wiser. <laughs> yes, that's, uh, yeah, excellent stuff talking to Miguel from Tequila Works there. Looking forward to seeing uh, the actual retail uh, version of... Version? It's the uh, 26th of May, I believe, isn't it? I think so. We're hopefully going to be getting our hands on a review copy if they're uh, kind enough to deem us worthy hopefully they find us worthy considering that like he he was shocked that i managed to get through the game so quickly it's because you got skills phil i got skills to pay no i don't think i pay the bills that often <laughs> got p- skills to pay some bills some bills not all of them just a few skills to go halves on the bills just about i think <laughs> just about 
<laughs> it's a bit of a knife edge at times. Yes. So the next uh, interview was uh, for one of the games that was voted as most popular at this year's Rest. To be honest, I took umbrage with the games that came top of that list yeah. because Ukulele was one of them and Persona 5. See, that's... Yeah, um, I don't see they, why they should be on it. I know they were there, but the whole point of EJX Res is to be more of an indie scene than anything else. Yeah, um, exactly. There. Like, you could say that Ukulele is indie, but then if you look at the actual studio itself, it's definitely not indie. When you look at the, the people that developed it and the fact most of them probably worked on Banjo-Kazooie and all that. Well, yeah, but it is... I mean, they ukulele desert can be on the list, yes, but yeah, it's had. I just, I, I don't, I feel it should have been exempt, perhaps. Quite, I don't, I don't know. It just, I think, I mean, I might have been still a little bit bitter because the fact that they sent out review copies of ukulele before all of the backers were sent their copies, and it's like, well, hang yeah, on. Yeah, I know you didn't like that. No, I mean the backers were the ones that funded the game for christ's sake and then they went and gave it out to everyone else yeah it wasn't as if they hadn't made like however much money they made from the kickstarter like two and a half three million yeah that was it made so much money they 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 didn't probably technically they didn't really need to send out review copies no their review copies would have just gone to the people that were going to buy it well that have pre-ordered it and then those people would have just obviously spoke about how good the game was well yeah or at least when at the same time as when or after the backers that just that just stuck in my uh stuck in your palette and it just it hasn't cleared yet has it no i'm it's still like, it's like when you have some really bad meat or you have some like really bad like tasting food and it just doesn't go yeah it's, it's just lingering yeah <laughs> it has left a bad taste in my mouth but that being said, I quite like. Um, I almost said banjo kazooie, ukulele. Banjo kazooie, if you like. No, well, it's yeah, it plays. It's good, but it is basically banjo kazooie. Yeah. Glitches and all. Oh, is it still glitchy as? Yeah, the camera is an ass. Not what you want. No, but anyway, we didn't come here to talk about ukulele. Not They've yet. got they got more than enough coverage. So yeah, the game that we are talking about next is Phantom Halls. Phantom Halls. Uh, now, we both played a bit of this, didn't we? And both played... Loved it. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I didn't do quite as well as you, because... But they said you did quite well. Yeah, but I didn't... you started I, off. I didn't keep... I kept opening the chests and such, and I didn't get any weapons. All I had was melee stuff. And they were like, so oh, that's, realize... that's very strange because you often, you actually get more, you should be getting a pistol or something. And yeah, that made it harder for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. But... yeah. They, they did say that usually by now you would have had a weapon, but then I think <laughs> both of us went through like the whole of the first level without any bad guys. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, first yeah. Level, but like the first area without a single bad guy, they were like, well, this is weird considering that other people of the day have had like so many people like kicking around here. <laughs> Yeah, and you guys have just started playing it, and you we haven't seen anything yet. I would have uh, the one thing that I didn't, the one thing that I wasn't happy with in the demo is the fact that I didn't get to play as Ash from Evil Dead. Good old Ash. 
but um, he is in the uh, version that is available because it's the anniversary of uh, Evil Dead 2. So yeah. he is in the one that is kicking around on Steam at the moment. Yes. But, but that's, uh, that's no, highly want. enjoyable demo. Sorry, talked over you then. No, what were you... That's right. No, I, that's what you want, have, having a bit of Ash versus Evil Dead in there. Yeah. The, the, way they, the way they said they put him in, I don't think either one of us got to play as him, but no. the way they put him in was really really good apparently mm. well from what they say anyway <laughs> well i think we should go across and uh have a listen to what they say yep and have a listen to what we had to say yeah we were talking to lexi from incendium i was gonna say the midnight runners but what oh that's dexy not lexi <laughs> oh i didn't i didn't get that phil sorry no because it's, it's dexy not lexi yeah yeah <laughs> i'm with you now so yeah, uh, we should hand over to uh, the folks in the comfy seats in the uh, press office, in the press, press area, lounge. press lounge with uh, one, of the, one of the few presses places. Yeah, with the uh, donuts and champagne that they were handing out. Oh, obviously. And the uh, lap dances they were offering. Yeah, they offered those out to everyone, and we didn't even have to give them any money for it. No, it was so no. nice. We were just Normally, sipping on no, our cristal. <laughs> Okay, well, welcome back, folks. We are back down on the uh, on the show floor. We're actually sitting down on the centre here this time. It's nice. Been on our feet all day. Uh, Philip, Stefan, back again. Um, still no shirt and beard, Ant. He's uh, yet to with a new diction that we've got for the other guy in our team who isn't with us. Um, I'm sure he'll find it hilarious when he eventually does uh, it. Um, but yes, we have a, another interview. Um, it is for the game Phantom Halls. Yes, sorry, I was going to say spiritual, but it's not. It's not that at all. It's Phantom Halls. And uh, sir, who are you? Oh, hi, I'm Alexi uh, Leon, and I'm the uh, studio head of Incendium Games, the creators of Phantom Halls. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Um, you've just talked us through, uh, talked us both through the uh, the demo of Phantom Halls, uh, which we both enjoyed. Um, if for anyone who, for the uninitiated who are listening at the moment, um, care to tell us what Phantom Bruce is uh, all about? Yeah, I mean, it was sort of originally conceived as Worms meets Resident Evil, if you could combine those two things. Um, so it was, you know, I definitely wanted the comedy element and the fun and the squad, you know, be able to have you know, a squad of four characters and a beautiful aiming and all of that and a big loadout of wacky weapons. Um, but I wanted it all to be in the haunted house, have a creepy atmosphere, and it to be in real time. So we ended up going procedurally generated, and so our sort of tagline now is it's like it's worms meets Belonky, uh, which is also kind of a similar uh, you know vibe in there. Uh, and so that's really what Phantom Wars is. It's a it's a squad based procedurally generated haunted house game. Uh, it's got some quirky mechanics, uh, it's a lot of fun, uh, and there's uh, a load of uh, banter in there. And it very much is a kind of horror comedy title in the vein of kind of 80s uh, classic horror B movies stuff like uh, Evil Dead which is obviously one of our favourite movies and why is a sort of uh, a thank you for all the early adopters on, on early access where the game is currently available uh, we've started putting uh, Evil Dead 2 licensed content and Ash as a playable character in there uh, from day one so is uh, there a story to Phantom Halls what's the uh, what's the background of the yeah so I mean there's certainly a meta game to Phantom Halls and you know the, you know, a group of teams enter the mansion and explores and, and so on um, right now do a group of teens yeah. need a reason to be in it well I think you know that's the thing that's fun about each of these characters
because when you get the game and, and even now on early access there's already a handful of characters that you can choose from at the beginning you have about dozens and we're adding more every couple of weeks each character has their own kind of personality and their own uh, objectives within the mansion come through very clearly from their dialogue and, and their mission objectives and so you know the reason or what's the story is like well each character has their own story but what's fun is we have about 100 quests written and so you know there could be up to a dozen for each character eventually by the time we get to retail and there could be up to 20 characters um, some of them you'll have a launch even on the retail build will be launched with four playable characters and by playing through their stories they will rescue other characters or come across other characters um, and that will further the overall story and unlock new stories and new quests excuse me I just want to turn this off oh that was yours uh, that was me my bad same side <laughs> I, I, it sounded as if it was uh, it was them it was somebody else it was actually somebody else we'll edit that <laughs> yeah no worries um, so yeah we, we've got two four six characters available at the moment and you say you're looking to get up to hundred well hundred quests hundred quests split across probably anywhere between a dozen and twenty characters whether they'll all be playable or whether some will be licensed like cash and some will be original um, you know that we're not entirely clear on the breakdown yet we know we have a dozen playable characters that we've actually made that we're slowly integrating into the game uh, I think the next one to come will be the writer and she's kind of a uh, parody of like you know an Angela Lansbury murder she oh, yeah. type which is kind of fun um, you know and then they'll go on from there and there's a whole kind of quite diverse wacky cast that we're bringing in and as I say they all have their reasons for venturing into the mansion and some of them already know each other and end up interacting in that way which is kind of fun uh, depending on which characters you actually have and which you find within the mansion um they kind of rib each other and have banter with each other. So, you know, the, the goth is always kind of very sarcastic and dismissive of the cheerleader and things like that. That's quite fun. Okay. So how does, uh, you, you say the uh, Ash, Dead 2 Ash is licensed. How does something like that come about? Uh, more luck than anything else. I mean, it was the 30th anniversary of People Dead. I met one of the uh, licensing agents at a big, you know, IP expo. And they sort of said, oh, everything they're doing. And they're just looking to really reinvigorate the movie and get it out. And I was like, well, I'm launching this horror game and it comes out around that time we could launch it on the day of the anniversary of the film of Ash in the game and they were like that sounds great so why not amazing Phil, not so much, but and the uh, other member of our team, but, uh, both him and I, massive Evil Dead fans. Um, so yeah, uh, when I saw that listed on the um, the emails to say there was a uh, Phantom Horse was going to be here and there's the uh, Ash DLC or the Ash content, it's, you, yeah, you it's the beginning. To... It's the beginnings of what will be for retail a piece. We have to once we start monetizing that and it's fully finished. For licensing reasons and boring, you know, stuff. We have to charge people. I'm sorry, because we have to pay a royalty to the guys, you know. But as of now, they're being very gracious, and so whilst it's still in development, all of our early adopters are getting the benefit of that content as it goes out. And then eventually, obviously, anyone that is in early access, they will keep all that content. But once it goes to retail, we have to break it out, you know. So that's kind of where it's at. So right now, as of you know, two weeks post launch, there is Ash as a playable character with one quest. We're we're probably looking at in the next sort of I would say two three months rolling out a full like half a dozen quests for him there's going to be Deadites and Economical on the tape deck all that stuff's being built it's all going in some really fun themed uh, quests so right now just kind of Ash and his uh, evil twin uh, mission to, to find him track him down and take him out but there's there's going to be a lot more fantastic you say um it's kind of uh, you started out kind of Worms uh, meets Resident Evil 
uh, it then became this Worms meets Spelunky kind of a deal. Are those the are those the big titles that really inspired uh, Phantom Halls, or are yeah, there I mean, other series, that, other genres that you were? Yeah, I mean, there's a load, a load of stuff. Obviously, any game developer is going to pull from. Up. I mean, I think one, like tonally speaking, if you're looking at it as the game, if you ever look at the key art of Phantom Halls, I think the first thing that springs to mind for me is Maniac Mansion, which is probably the the, the cleanest kind of visual inspiration for this. And obviously, it was a completely different era. And different, but if you just look at like the box art of Maniac Mansion with the house and the hill. The blue glowing eyes. I mean, it's very much a kind of throwback and a nod and a tribute to that in our overall aesthetic. But obviously, we've gone with a you know a low poly 3D aesthetic and then some really nice uh, you know light bloom and visual effects and you know things like that within what we can do with the Unity engine to really kind of dress it up and give it a bit of atmosphere. But obviously, they couldn't do back in the day with, with Maniac Mansion. So it's almost like um, how I would have loved the Maniac Mansion remaster to like look. <laughs> this is how Phantom Halls looks. Yeah. But obviously, in terms of gameplay, it's quite different. Certainly, you still explore. And, find items. and we've gone for the witty banter so there's certainly that that element with the dialogue coming through but again it's presented in a different way and I, I really felt strongly that if we were going to have banter between characters and characters saying stuff it's a pet hate of mine uh, is is poorly displayed text in games and this you see even in mega budget games where it's like text is just like Helvetica along the bottom of the screen <laughs> and I'm like this is just terrible you know and so I really wanted them to have this kind of cartoony comic book feel and it to feel quite engaging of like when something happens a dialogue all pops up and it, it's themed to the character and the text read out and that way it feels a bit more immediate and a bit more it's coming from them from the character and so you, you know you start to feel a bit more like they have a personality rather than just like all the text comics um, so again these are things that you know people love about Maniac Mansion and the text and the stuff. but for me it's like yeah the, the writing was amazing but if I was going to do it myself I would change the presentation so there's things like that where certainly games have inspired us and there's things we love we've taken from them or you know uh, riffing off but we're doing our own thing with it yeah. so you're uh, you're saying it's a being a team effort, a lot of ideas coming together. How big is the uh, the team that's putting Phantom Hall Yeah, together? I mean, at any one time, it kind of fl- I mean, it fluctuates a bit. There's kind of like, I would say there's like four, like four guys, uh, plus Coach Yun, who's Coach on who did the, the soundtrack as well. So I would, you know, got an honorable mention. He's done a killer job, all the original orchestral score there. He did the soundtrack to uh, Voldar the Viking and things like that. So, uh, and he's going to be contributing more uh, as we go along. Um, there's about three original sort of pieces of music in there now. We're already working on another one for the change sequence where you escape the mansion and there'll be more down the line um, so yeah there's kind of like a core group of, you know a handful and then uh, you know we have freelancers contributing if we need to up the ante on you know texture stuff or, you know modeling or, you know kind of a uh, the more like art asset stuff you know yeah. we, we have uh, people helping out with that um, but yeah in terms of I mean you know, the, the core programming on this game has been handled by like two people uh, and then in terms of design it's split between myself the lead artist the lead programmer um, you know and I kind of have the overall holistic view of the game it's sort of my I, I you know it was the inception of the idea was mine and I put it together in inspirations and this sort of core game design dot and then you know I really thought we'd have a fantastic team with a lot of experience between them you know helping to put it together so your um, you were the primary driving force behind yeah. bringing Phantom Halls together. What was your uh, background before that? Did you? Yeah, so I mean, I, I work a bit in games. My company, um, Incendium, which obviously for the purposes of Phantom Halls, you know, is like the developer slash publisher. But actually, Incendium's been around for like ten years, uh, and I do all kinds of media, creative, and interactive work, uh, mostly client-based. Um, we actually have. Uh, 
uh, some in-house IP of our own. We have a, a comic book series called Eternal Descent, which we previously, uh, you know, published two graphic novels through IEW, and then we, we actually made a mobile game of that. So technically, that was our first foray into developing games. Was a, a, a Unity-developed uh, sort of running brawler mobile just to bring that to life on a different platform. You know, that IP that IP still exists. We, more comics coming out at the time. We're actually working on through Incendium now, the sort of team we have now, as well as Phantom Wars, we are working on a new Return of the Game for Steam, which is a kind of insane guitar hero arcade shooter thing. Wow, it's totally bad. Um, I won't get into it too much to detract from, from this, but that's very early. But you know, so we have a few things on the go. And yeah, so uh, my day job is kind of uh, actually helping Iron Maiden with a lot of their uh, creative and digital. I do their music videos, tour intro videos. Uh, one of the lead producers on their mobile uh, RPG game, Legacy of the Beast, and things like that. So, you know, we do commercial work for Incendium uh, with, with media clients and brand clients, as well as now, you know, our own thing and being a bit more grassroots and being like, okay, well, you know, it's nice that the company's up and running and has some great clients and we do some cool work, but we'd love to make some of our own yeah, yeah. ideas come to life. It's always, always nice to have a finger in. Uh... Yeah, a lot of different parts. A lot of different parts. <laughs> that's, that's what, that's yeah, what yeah. I was looking for. Be careful what you say after. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Too long of a pause there. And it's uh, yeah, dangerous ground. Yeah. Um, so you say that uh, Phantom Halls has been in early access and it's due to yeah. So it's it's been in early access uh, since the 13th of this month. Okay. Which was also the th- uh, 30th anniversary of Evil Dead 2. Um, so launch on Sunday. And uh, yeah, it's obviously early days from that point. Of view. I mean, we didn't want to launch on early access as a game of like, oh, here's what we're working on, sort of thing. It was like, here is a holistic view of the core game loop. It's playable, it's polished, there aren't any bugs that we're aware of. You know, it should be good fun. And we want to bring people in and get that feedback and get that community building around it so that we get, you know, clear direction from players. It's like, this is what we really want to see. This is cool, but this is where you need to go. You know? And we're already getting, you know, that feedback. It's fantastic, you know, to see some of the community, like, to have someone go out and buy this game for five bucks and play it for six hours and then come and give like a missive of like three pages of text we love it it's, it's, it's superb so and we're already acting on that we're making some, some changes to uh, some of the control and input uh, capabilities some little niggly things about you know the reload functionality about item drop when your item is broken or items shattering when they're broken doing a bit of extra damage and then you know disappearing from your inventory things like that that come from player feedback you know obviously when we're um, you know developing a game like this and you know, we're almost thinking quite high level about like level design of, oh, we want to add some more height to the levels. Maybe we'll be climbing on the back wall. Maybe we'll be adding real time ladders and elevators. Maybe there'll be scenarios on the elevators where actually you're going up the elevator and the elevator is a room, a platform, and zombies are attacking you on the elevator. And, you know, we're thinking about things like this. Um, but sometimes you forget the little things like, why, why can't I go back in the menu by pressing B? You know, you're like, oh yeah, we really should get on that. You know, so, so it's, that's, uh, you know, you're kind of your own worst enemy when it comes to, to playtesting a game, you know, because, you know the features that you've put in, you want them to be fun, you want them to be engaging, and you test them and you know they work, and you move on. And you've got like the next big feature that you want to build. And so sometimes when it's a small team, little things that really do add to the overall experience, you know, slip through the cracks. And it's, it's been great to have a community, you know, get back to us on that and be like, yeah, we're having fun, why can't I do this? And I'm like, you know what, that's a really good question. So, so give me two weeks, <laughs> you will be able to do that. So how far from complete do you think Phantom Balls is? Yeah, um, I mean, complete's relative is the, like the amount of content we have planned kind of versus you know when we would actually want to drop release uh, you know if we wanted to we could release this Halloween but actually in terms of our timeline we were actually thinking about a full retail release with a hell of a lot more content possibly even multi-platform yeah. 
uh, for Halloween 2018. So this is a game that could be in early access for more like 18 months, um, but it is a steady stream of content. And you know, it, it is, uh, as with all game design, an iterative process. We also, fortunately, there's some people interested in the game in the format it's in now. So you know, that may change our, our rollout date if we work with a partner or a platform or whatever. But as it is now, absolutely, there'll be a full retail for, for Halloween next year. We're really excited about it. We'll still do something cool for Halloween this year, no doubt. Probably a big content drop around that time. Uh, it may even be local uh, you know, uh, you no here first. No there's, there's no, there's no definitive like this is when. Other than that, Halloween 18. That's the latest possible date we'll release yeah. the full retail. Um, but you know, it might be sooner. Well, it's um, the good thing about these days. There's no real because maybe back in the day you would have had some stigma with games being in early access and you, you wouldn't have got anything for your money no feedback no um, interaction with the developer um, whereas you've got uh, Gang Beasts just over the way they've been in early access for two three years yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's they're a couple of months away from actually version 1.0 oh yeah exactly and what the good thing about that is, and the great thing about what Phantom Halls is doing and yourselves and Phantom Halls is you're taking the advice and um, the input. feedback and the input from everyone who is playing it at the moment and as well as being able to factor in your ideas which yes you, you, you can have a thousand and one ideas but a thousand of them could be terrible ideas <laughs> True. but unless, until you actually feed it out into the public yeah um, and so that's, I mean, that's the great thing about early access. It's, no, um, I love it. I think it's its one of those opportunities, you know, for me, I think if early access is used correctly, it's about giving people something fun and saying, you know, what do you think the potential is here? You know, because they're playing it and like, you know, this is cool. It'd be even cooler if I could do this. Yeah. Or this will be off the charts once you have local co-op yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that's where we're going to put our focus because overwhelmingly, you know, there's this, this big desire with Phantom Halls for local co-op. It's always been on our roadmap for at least to have multiplayer functionality. But right now, everyone's just like, please, just, just do it. It'll be awesome. And we're like, okay, well, there's a few things we have to iron out about the level design, things like that, about how that would work in multiplayer. And, you know, are there restrictions? Can you have two people cooperating both with teams of four? Or is it two and two? Or is it three each with three characters? Things like this that need to be figured out and balanced. Um, but, you know, we're going to bring that up on our, on our schedule and make sure that happens this year because, you know, people are really gunning for it. They really want to see that happen. Um, and we didn't think that there would be such an overwhelming desire. They're like, I love this, and I would be playing it all the time with my mates if there was this. And it's like, okay, I'll make that happen. It's, um, it's also, you've got the word of mouth oh, as yeah. well. So somebody's playing something, um, and, uh, and they're enjoying it. They're going to tell other people, um, and then that can just... That can help. One hopes, and I think Steam's a really powerful platform for that. And I was just talking with my, uh, you know, with, with the team today, with, with the lead artist about, you know, what we should really do some trading cards. We should really start doing the achievement icons and all that stuff. I mean, I know it's early days. And we've got like, you know, twenty quests in the game or something like that. I think we will certainly have twenty by uh, the, the, the 0.03 update, <laughs> which comes this Sunday. Um, you know, and it's like, yeah, but nonetheless, completing twenty quests, achievement. You know, killing X number of bugs, achievement. You know, and it's it's kind of a fun thing. We're not. We're not necessarily uh, expecting people to have like a checklist and go out and hunt, but I think it's fun when people see in the community like, oh, you know, this guy's got, he's been playing this game, he's got these achievements, he's done this stuff. And you're kind of, if you have that game as well, that's where the community starts to knit together. Because the guy's like, oh, I didn't know there was an achievement.
achievement for doing that. Yeah, go, yeah, you know. And so we definitely want to get all that stuff in there to really just you know give back to the team community and just be like, thanks for playing our game so early on and you know, getting involved. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay, so the final final thirty seconds. Pitch in Phantom Halls. Go. No, I think even you, though well you've just had eighteen minutes and yeah, done yeah. a bang up job, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean if you're still on the fence, I think it comes down to this: if you like eighties horror, if you like horror comedy, if you like B movies, and if you like all quirky indie games with unique mechanics, I think you'll really enjoy Phantom Wolf. I hope you check it out. I, more than anything, I hope you check it out and give us some feedback because we are acting on it. We awesome. really appreciate it. You heard it, folks. Yes. Anything to add, Phil, no. apart from that? No, Phil, tremendous good. contribution. Oh, as, ever. as always. <laughs> He's the strong silent guy. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you very much for coming down. So, there we go. The next on the list. Um, Brawl out. Brawl out, yes. It's Super It's super Smash Brothers with animals. Super Animal Brothers. Yeah, and they each have Basically. have a different martial art and such that they can do, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yes, it was. it was really, really good. I enjoyed myself. Was that the only... Did I... Oh, no, I didn't win that one. No. Well, on the first one, I won that. On the second and third... Actually, no, you did win one. You won the third one. Did I? Yeah. I remember... You won the third one. I only remember winning Demambo. I didn't remember winning uh, anything else. (laughs) Uh, No, you came second, but you beat me on the third one, I think. Ah. I think. I'm trying to remember, because it was four weeks ago. (laughs) It was. But uh, Brawl Out was very good. Enjoyed our time with that. It was basically Smash Brothers with animals. Basically, without power-ups as well. So there's no Pokeballs. Don't know I... why. They should have put those, that in there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lawsuit if there's... Um... <laughs> Nintendo will be right on that. But, really? Um, Nintendo aren't on anything like that. <laughs> they might have had... Because it wasn't the full version, so they might have power-ups and stuff in the uh, full version of the game. They might do. I wonder if we actually mention it in the interview. I can't quite remember now. I think they said they didn't. They didn't want to put that in there. But I'm not too sure. Uh-huh. But um, four weeks, things change. Yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So we'll pass over now. I think to uh, ourselves and Bogdan. Stefan. Yeah. On the floor. And Bogdan London. from uh, Angry Mob Games. Talking about Brawl Out. Welcome back. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Thanks. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> um, yes, the third voice you hear. We have another guest. Um, yeah. Sir, if you'd like to introduce yeah, yourself. I'm Bogdan from Angry Mob Games and a developer of Brawl Out. So, for anyone who hasn't seen Brawl Out, if you've been or knows what it is, if you've been living under a rock, um, Care to elaborate? What is Brawl Out? So get out from under the rock and start playing. So it's kind of um, Brawl Out is the um, competitive fighting game. It's coming on the twenty-first of April on Steam. So it's like a platform fighter with um, like some uh, unique ideas and some um, uh, fighting moves inspired from traditional fighters like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat and then uh, the, um, some gameplay mechanics from Smash Bros. So uh, it's like a mix of violent fighters and those fun platformers. It's, uh... It wears its inspiration on its sleeve. The, you, you can't help but look at it and think, hang on a minute, that's Smash Brothers. But when you play it, it has its own feel. 
Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make the game feel like you're actually punching and kicking the others. So you actually fight, feel like you're in a fighting game as opposed to maybe doing some sort of magic effects instead of like actually kicking people in the head. Close combat sort of fighting yeah. anything else, yeah. So the, uh, each of the characters, rather than being any kind of human, generic sort of knight, you've got a magician, they're animals. But they're not kind of, they've got, you've got like a kind of kung fu toad. And yeah, it's like a luchador. It's like a wrestler. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, luchador, yeah. So, uh, we have like, in the game we have this uh, competitive multiplayer aspect and, and we have the single player campaign. And in a single player, you can't really do a story if they don't have anything in common. So that their common thing is that they are uh, all like um, from a different civilization and they represent uh, different parts of the world. And that's a lot of like our inspiration for them. And they each have their own fighting style. So you have the Luchador, as you said, and you have the um, Olaf Tyson, who is like a Viking boxer. And Sephira is like an Egyptian kick-ass, like a... Uh, maybe see it similar to Chun-Li or something like or like Liu Kang. And uh, then you have uh, King Apu, um, who looks like a monkey king, but he's actually like inspired by the movie in Castlevania. Okay. Like he has a whip and doing all those uh, long range attacks. You know, that you have like a vault or a new character, he's a, like a voodoo hedgehog. He's got some electricity attacks. A voodoo hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think that was, uh, we were just playing just now, and I think that was one of the guys who, he kind of, almost a blanker kind of, yeah. coils up and just kept electrocuting me. So how many characters do uh, do we have in the, because that build, or that version that we played just now had about five Six. Uh, we're going to launch on our Steam on the 21st with six characters, and by summer you'll have nine characters. So in the summer we'll have the full story mode, and you'll see what uh, role everybody plays over there. So uh, we were playing on a fairly sort of flat, flat background. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how many different levels are we going to see? What kind of locations are there that we so can each have? character has their own stage, and we have like a pretty balanced or symmetric or simulated, like a competitive stage, like a competitive version. And um, then we have for each stage like a dynamic version where you keep shifting around and all that. And what you see with um, ice level is just a single, a small part of it. So it's not going to be like that in the final three. So you yeah, go, go, uh, keep going from um, one area to the other, and it keeps breaking or moving or shifting and all that. Uh, is there going to be any power-ups, or is it all going to be just the fighting side of it and leaving off any of that sort of thing? Yeah, we try to leave out um, like any extras like that, because um, it's not fair in a competitive way. And even if you just play for fun, if you keep using those items, it's harder to learn the competitive side. So uh, we think that many people will uh, keep playing and um, get good at it, so they can compete. You know, you can do like a user-generated tournament online with uh, Xbox Arena and all that, and um, it's really fun. In, in other words, Phil, get good. That's what it is. I got first, right? No, but get better. No, shush, you didn't. 
Um, are they going to be like teams as well? Is it going to be like two people versus two? Yeah. I can just press the button and you can do it now. So the uh, the visual style, it's it's all got a very clean, very um, crisp and physical look to it. Each character looks as though it has uh, a physicality. Um, was that the goal from the beginning to create something that has that hyper realism to it? Yeah, so we took uh, inspiration from uh, the Disney Infinity characters. They're a bit more detailed by that than that, but they're edgy in that way. Yeah, so it's like that. And uh, I'm guessing uh, full, uh, each character has his own voice, has his own sounds. Do they do they talk? Or I couldn't quite hear it from the demo. It's quite loud. In uh, well, we can uh, do like um, their voices and all their dialogues for the um, story mode. So that's gonna come in summer. And there's uh, there's. Obviously, going to be a, a, an eclectic soundtrack of each. Does each character have its own uh, theme tune, and it's uh, all from kind of centric where they're yeah, from? Yeah. You should check it out. And maybe edit it on your podcast. It's really fun. So, yeah, I guess I sent you the music. Awesome. So we worked with some really talented uh, sound designers for the music. They work on uh, some well-known games like Oxen Free and Awesome Mods and others. Okay. That, uh, so you say it's uh, 21st of April out on Steam, yeah. and then we're looking at the summer for a console's release. Uh, so 30, sec- 30, 60 seconds, we need you to boil down, brawl out into the pitch that is going to sell it to our... I mean, to be honest, I'm sold, because to have the local beat the hell out of you, yeah, all right, yeah, I, I lost, but, um, so, pitching the 21st, the, the release for Steam, pitch the, yeah, pitch it, Phil, pitch it, it's fantastic, <laughs> it's fantastic, one word, that's all we needed, yeah. Well, fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us. <laughs> We're back. We're so there, back. Talking about Brawl out there. It's out now on Steam, but I think it's coming to consoles uh, in the summer. Probably already yes. said that in the interview, I think. <laughs> Probably. So yeah, the next interview we had was, um, we did get to sit down for this one, but didn't someone set up like camera equipment and stuff right in your way, Phil, or something? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I couldn't see because really I was, I was kind of, I was facing uh, Andrew, the guy who we were talking to. And then afterwards you were like, yeah, yeah they set up all this camera stuff. I, I was not happy, buddy. Because I, I literally, we were down there first it was what area was it it was the unreal area wasn't it it was unreal and (laughs) unreal came over and then they literally just started setting up the camera right where i was right where i was sat so like it left no space for anyone else and it literally left no space for anyone to get around anyway so like i then had to move back so people could get around the back of them but they were literally recording with so much space needing needed that i was just like I don't like this interview. It's not the fact that I didn't like the the game. I just didn't like the interview because they were being a pain. 
Oh, that's not very nice. No. Because it was a good, good interview. I enjoyed chatting, chatting I to I didn't get uh, to hear Andrew. it, so, well, so I'll probably hear it soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll have to have a listen. Um, we're actually talking about Formula Fusion, which is, what? The, how would you describe it? I don't want to I don't want to say Wipeout, but that's as best. Said it now. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but. <laughs> you kind of said it. It's F-Zero. Uh, F-Zero kind of racing, futuristic racing, in the style of Wipeout and F-Zero and all of those things and what's that things. what's that one on fast fast racing neo oh, fast racing neo yeah in that kind of a style but oh my god that game looks good visually and that is a good looking game it, to be honest it was a really good game like i enjoyed it i think you enjoyed it mm. did you actually get to play it i did but not on the day of the interview i went back um and played it when i was on my lonesome on the uh, Saturday. And you enjoyed it? I did enjoy it. It was hard, but... It was um, definitely, definitely hard. Those, uh, those kind of games always take a bit of um, getting used to. to yeah, yeah, it's not it's not easy. A standard driving game. You it, you never get a standard driving game from games that are like, like that anyway. Things, no. Things like F-Zero and... I was going to say Formula Fusion. Form... <laughs> games like F-Zero and Formula Fusion aren't <laughs> like that in the first place. No. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think that's just come out now on Steam or it's just about to come out of early access. Yeah, I think and... they've got it on a... They had it on early access at that point, um, but the, I think they only had one, one or two, one or two tracks. I think that's what I heard, but I can't remember. Yeah, I think it's it's very, very soon that it's due for its big release. So yeah, um, I think we'll hand over to ourselves chatting to Andrew. What? Sorry, over on, over on the show floor again. Yeah, talking to Andrew from R8 Games, uh, talking about Great Formula game. Fusion. Okay, welcome back, folks. Hi, Phil. Cheers, guys. We are back with another interview, uh, this time for a futuristic racing game. I'm probably not describing it very well, but uh, we have a gentleman here who can probably do a much better job. Sir, what's your name? Um, my name is Andrew Walker. I'm the creative director and founder of Ari Games. Thank you for joining us. We are looking at Formula Fusion um, from a, a sat-down position. Um, it's been a... Day and a half of uh, sheer hell. Sheer hell. It's, but it's it's been good. You've uh, been getting a lot of attention. Yeah, I, I guess my feet are an indicator of the amount of attention we've been getting. <laughs> I need to sit down now. I can't walk. I've been crippled. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people kind of coming in and playing the game. We've had a lot of really good reactions from it, and uh, we've, we've been in the, the background of a Reuters interview and all sorts of things. It's been been into an interesting time. Yes. Yeah, so. Formula Fusion, for anyone that doesn't know, what is it? Um, well, some people have made comparisons to Wipeout, some people have made comparisons to F Zero. There's you know there's many you know, it is a futuristic anti gravity racing game. Um, I guess you know, with my background in having worked on Wipeout, you know, people are gonna draw comparisons. It does have some comparisons to the more, the more popular kind of AG racing games out there. Um, I mean, it, was, it literally started out as a kind of a pet project, really, a bit of a vanity project, kind of just put together a, a playable in, in Unreal and, and then uh, 
engaged with a friend of mine called Jenny Oakman, who's, who's quite established concept artist in films. He worked on Guardians and Inception and stuff. So we were able to kind of throw about some ideas conceptually and visualize things and then and then we took it on to Kickstarter and had a successful Kickstarter campaign. Do it organically. You know, we went out onto early access. Um, again, grew the company, got some uh, investors in, and here we are today. The DX looking to launch in Q2 and see what happens. So. The uh, build we're currently seeing, is this the, uh, what people can expect on uh, the current early access build? So, hands up, on, you know, for early access, we, we did engage with uh, the community as much as we possibly could have done. Uh, you know, we, we didn't put as many updates out there as you know, we, we should have done, possibly. So, so the, the last update was around Christmas time, and uh, the, 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 the build that we've got on display at EGX, it's a million miles on from oh, that. Okay. So we're going to surprise quite a few people. I think we're going to drop it on people shortly. Um, we, won't, we can't give an exact date. There's a couple of bugs that could throw us out a week either there, but who knows? Like overnight, it might get fixed, and we might just drop it on people. <laughs> so, but, you know, what we've got at EGX is a kind of rough and ready next update to go out on early access, and then. So we'll see. You'll see how it goes, basically, and then get out there as soon as possible. So uh, we're currently seeing we've got a uh, an orange craft on the uh, on the one monitor. We've got a black, kind of a uh, more sportier looking uh, craft on there. Uh, how many uh, craft are there? Are you looking to get in total? What's the uh, what's so, the count? So there are ten teams. We will approach this as a Formula Formula One kind of in the future racing game. Um, so commercially, that does open opportunities as far as branding and on billboards and you know the, the largest sort of companies out there that you can go for sponsorship and literally drink to people if you want to come along and get your game, your, your brand in the game and do so. Um, but yeah, it is. There are ten teams uh, taking that kind of Formula One aspect. Uh, there are five craft at the moment. There are four speed. There's sort of five speed classes. Um, yeah, and, and, and it's been developed with Designers Republic. So early on, we engaged. There's actually a partner of our games. Our game. Uh, Designers Republic, so Ian Anderson at, Arik, at Designers Republic, having sort of established the look and the feel of a wipeout in the early days, wanted to engage with us and see what we could do in a sort of a different direction with this game. You know, we really, really like the whole Formula One aspect, which is something we really trying to explore. But yeah, it's um, but also what I want to get across as well is the fact that uh, it is that this is the North American region. So what you're seeing there and what will go out at launch will be eight tracks from North America but it's actually we're developing the World Series of Underground Racing so there's actually ten regions so this this is the this is our promise to you guys that we're going to deliver you know all ten regions this is just the first region I mean, you know we're not going to be delivering loads of paid for DLC so we're just when you buy this you get all of the regions around the world so that's our ambition to keep going after long nice. to keep delivering things um, yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep rattling on because no, 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 that's, visual kind that's, of pitch thing. That's more than. Uh, but uh, so we've got lots of tr- um, lots of teams. Yep. Uh, and the uh, vehicles themselves, do you, do you refer to them? Are they just called the? Uh, do they have a particular name? Are yeah. they just vehicles or? No, no, no. They, um, so, uh, <laughs> testing my knowledge now. 
Uh, Vixen, Python, Sabre, Vauxhall, and uh, Dragon, I think. And then they've each got like their own kind of little personalities about them, so one might have a little bit more in the way of uh, resistance, like shield kind of thing, or one might be a little bit more, have a bit more agility. Or, um, but in the garage, um, you can take all of these craft into the garage and just mess around with the kind of exposed physics system that we put in there as well. So we've got um, the ride stiffness, the effectiveness of the uh, air brakes, drift, all of those things are exposed in the garage. So, so yeah, you get a base craft and you can put your own personality on it. So, it's, so there's plenty of customizable yeah. bits and pieces. And, and that leads into the... Um, so, the, so what we're really looking at is competitive multiplayer with tournaments. Uh, we've had interest, um, speculative interest, I guess, so far from ESL. Or you know, there there is a potential for this to go down that route, and obviously we want to grow it organically. So once we start to see the community setting up their own tournaments, and then you know we're getting the user count online. Then we can go back to people within that, without those sorts of ecosystems, and then explore like, you know, full on competitive like tournament clubs. Um, I saw that there was a campaign mode on it. Is that um, do you find yourself like racing with AI to build up the team? Like so, Voxel, like you're racing with another AI from Voxel to yeah. build up points in a sense. So the law of the game has been developed where you've got standout pilots in each region, and those are the AI that you, you race against. So in the campaign mode, uh, you are you're racing against balanced AI, so some are better than others, um, and then you're competing. It's been a similar kind of basic way to Mario Kart in the fact that you've got different speed classes. But when you win these sort of tournaments, you'll get access to other cards that you can attach to your craft or you know, sort of trophy items and things like that. And then ultimately, outside of all, competing all of the tournaments in all of the different modes, then you'll get to be able to compete against the Beast, which is our kind of top gear equivalent of Stig. You know? so, uh, so the Beast will have like a nice kind of shiny black craft with all of the bits that you can never have. And you've got to try and beat them to kind of nick those bits. And think, yeah, that sort of stuff. So. Now, it's not just a case of being the fastest, taking the corners uh, perfectly. No. There are weapons in there. Yes. Uh, so what makes this game stand out, I think, from others, uh, we've got weapons, Yeah, and other games do have weapons, but we've got offensive and defensive weapons. You can load out your craft in the garage at the start, um, and you can drop the um, white phosphorus kind of in the track to blind, blind people. We've got smoke, mines, energy leech, you know, um, cloak. You know, it depends on how you want to play. You, you, you might sort of want to become the tank and sort of uh, have the kind of ram card installed where you can smash through people and things. Uh, so, yeah. There, there are lots of different weapons. You can attach cards onto the weapons like ricochet. You can layer up the cards, so you can have multiple ricochets. You can have uh, armor piercing. You can split the weapons. You can uh, change the color. You know, it, 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 the whole system in the garage is fully customizable. You know, we're probably going to draw the line at people racing rubber ducks around the track. <laughs> but you will be able to buy vanity items and make yourself look like Night Rider, for instance. Nice. TM. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Copyright permitting. Well, yeah, copyright permitting, yeah. Um, so you say we're seeing the uh, North American build here. These uh, are tracks uh, set in a distant 
future dystopian, dystopian, world. dystopian world, dystopian version of our world. Uh, it is, yes. Um, which means it's quite interesting because in our version of the game, we've got a United States of Europe, uh-huh. of which the UK is a part of. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it remains to be seen on that one. Um, but the, I mean, the you, you're whizzing by the back, uh, the uh, backgrounds and over the tracks at such a speed, and yet there's so much detail in the uh, in the in the courses and in the tracks. It's um, it's almost a shame that you're going as fast. Uh, is there any plans to implement a uh, an, uh, an almost a um, sort of a tour kind of a Almost like a tour bus kind of a uh, mode where you can travel the tracks and be able to take in the scenery. Or well, uh, we've got so our partner, or one of our partners is uh, Nvidia. So partner, we're actually sort of working with them to improve their technology. So we've got Ansel in there at the minute, which is a really nice kind of screenshot mechanism that allows you to take uh, footage of really high-res screenshots and 360 shots and stuff from the game. We've got our own replay system in there. So we've got a spectator cam system in there where you can choose to sort of, on a Formula One level, kind of see the um, kind of race unfolds as you kind of and record that route online. So there's lots of, uh, you know, if you want to take out nice tasty visuals, you can do. There's different camera modes. You can, like, there's an in-cockpit mode at the minute, but it's um, a little bit uh, rough and ready at the moment, but it's still it's in there. So you've got a nose cam, chase cam, and more of a traditional kind of Wi-Fi HD tail cam. So, nice. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the motion blur in the game is a bit excessive, but we're going to look at bringing that in on a distance cue. So the, the, the objects in the distance will be crisp, and then you know, as you can find in the real world, there you get just the screen blur and things close to that kind of thing. So we talked about the visuals that, I mean, just stunning for a game that's of what kind of percentage are we looking at complete? Um, now you're asking. <laughs> Is it ever going to be complete? Uh, so, we're, like I said, we're, we're looking at going out in Q2, so that, I guess that's a gauge of where we're at. We're probably about a week away from beta, possibly. Um, maybe a week or two. It, it, the, the thing is, when we launch this, it's going to be version 1.0. So, 1.1 will be refined, cockpit view. You know, there's everything staged after that that's going to be the improvements to Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot for saying it's impressive. I mean, we've put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this. You know? um, the one thing that, uh, as well as the visuals, is the soundtrack. Yes. So uh, you say you had a uh, uh, conversation before we uh, started to record. You said you'd had some feedback where uh, people weren't yeah. entirely satisfied. Happy. Yeah. Um, so with this type of game, you, it kind of necessity it, it, it requires a, a certain type of music and traditionally that's been like Prodigy and Chemical Brothers and and you know we've spoken to the you know I've spoken to the, the Chemical, Chemical Brothers for instance um, now it's very you hard. say your um, your history is uh, Wipeout Wipeout yes so that was uh, that's a game that's very famous for its uh, soundtrack, for its soundtrack yeah. so um, but the thing is uh, I've grown up and I guess people's music Music taste have grown up as well. It's hard to satisfy everybody. I mean, you, these days you can switch on Spotify and just select your own skin and music or whatever you want to listen to. So, you know, and, and I guess you know, attaching a big name artist to something like this is tempting from a marketing point of view. But 
you know, actually for this our first iteration, we wanted to keep controls over everything. So the narrative for each track, the design and the lore of the game, um, it's pressure. It, I mean, it's a. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is a, the soundtrack should take away from that. It should be part of that. Yeah. So we we literally dozens and dozens and dozens of people we approached and music I don't know if you're familiar with like licensing and stuff but it's a minefield you know you, you, you go after one artist and then you have to speak to their manager who then needs to speak to their publisher and so you have to pay three people the music licensing rights only covers certain aspects certain platforms you know and it's and it's, it's a crazy situation so and we're only small you know we don't have a massive budget um, but there was a lot of goodwill actually we had, we had some really you know amazing artists like um, Blacks and Empire and um, we were talking to like, Ocheka you know they, they, everybody had a lot of goodwill they wanted to do that but then we took a step back and said look you know we've got um, a desert track okay in the desert track you might have um, quite a lot of echo or you know thematically there's things within there can you put that into music and with it being licensed music you just get, get what you're given so we, we approached a guy called Leon Switch who worked with um, Cryptic Minds and did some work on Elysium he's got a, a record for doing uh, film soundtracks so it was, his, his, his work is, uh, is insane he's an insanely talented guy anyway and, it, and, and when we listened to the work it was amazing but it was a little bit slow in terms of beats per minute so then we said well would you mind having a go and then to, we sent him some videos of the game to try and match to the pace of the game and what he came back with was amazing but then he asked for like the design of the tracks we gave him the design of the tracks and he's done a fully bespoke soundtrack for the game which we released we maybe do like a vinyl special edition version um, but yeah it's, it's great and, and by doing that we, we haven't the name of the artist hasn't sort of strangled the game you know we've got everybody's kind of just really humble and kind of just doing something different which is really cool stuff well it's it's nice to see that a title um, of this calibre is, is coming out and it's not all uh, I was going to say bells and whistles but you look at it it is bells and whistles um, but it's not all advertising and, oh, I know what you mean, yeah. and it's com- commercial which yeah. can, can ruin and, and stifle the creativity in a, in a lot of games and get in the way of it yeah um and it's and it's nice to see something along these lines that you're doing what you want to do yeah we'll always do that like my experience in the game industry has traditionally been closed door development where you don't speak to anybody and you know, you like we, we for instance had a conversation with the guys that did Red Out you know and they, they talk to us I mean you can say they're like competitive but you know we're just totally open and humble it's like well what have you guys what's your experience like? and uh, yeah and, and the fact that we're we, we're not signed to anybody we're lucky in the way that we've arrived at this point where we don't have any constraints we don't have any you know, publisher kind of stamps to put into the game we are our own thing so by having that we can take a bit of a punt on you know releasing a lot of content you know promising the fact that we're going to deliver lots of content and then you know, and engage with people on with competitions in the community and we know people personally by their name you know we're, we're thinking about getting some of the people out of the community to be community managers you know because they know the game better than anybody you know, why would you employ someone off the street so yeah it's, it's great you know and, uh, we're, we're keeping it real as they say yes so you say uh, it's maybe sort of um, quarter two that we're going to uh, 
going to yeah. see version yes. 1.0. I mean, it could literally be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying anything. It could, it could be more. It could, it could be. It could be the beginning of May. It could be the end of May. It could be. But what I mean is, you know, a bug happens. It can throw us out by a week or two. Just as only there's only a few of us that can sort of deal with it. So, yeah, we've been realistic about it. We're not we're not going out there with specific dates. And that's that's one of the things that you find through the bigger company because they'll be able to promise you a date, but they will have finished about six months beforehand, and the rest of it's fine tuning. Whereas we're fine tuning right up to the you know, when yeah when hitting the button. To go and stuff. So yeah, we're, we're, we're saying confidently Q2 because that's when our overdrafts need to be paid and things like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and our wives will probably stop talking to us if it goes on any further. So yeah. we're saying that. Um, yeah, we're quite confident in saying that. And do we have any uh, possibilities of bringing it to consoles? What's your? Uh, I can tell you now uh, that we've got acceptance with Sony and Microsoft. So we've got kits on the way from Sony. We've got kit in the office from Microsoft. We've profiled it on Xbox at the moment. Had it running at 60 frames. There were only issues with memory. Well, that's with any game. So we profiled it to get the memory down. But you know, it's a good sign that we can get something up and running at 60 frames on Xbox. You know, straight out of the box yeah. from, from one another. So the signs are good. You know, we um, we haven't started the whole. Uh, you know, sort of submission testing and stuff with, with platform partners because we concentrate on the PC. Well, yeah. Yeah. Get the PC done first, profile it so it's as optimized as it can be, and hopefully there should be a seamless transition onto the console and stuff. So it's exciting times, really. It is, yeah. Well, fantastic. We, I mean, I can't wait to actually see the uh, see version 1.0 when it hits. Possibly, may, perhaps. Watch this space, Tomorrow, people. <laughs> yes, at some point. But um, fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Hello. Hello. So, Formula Fusion, worth uh, worth going and checking out uh, if you've got PC. I think it's coming to consoles, but there's no... I think it's coming, I think, uh, PlayStation, but I'm not 100% sure. I don't know if it's going to Xbox. Yeah, I think, didn't he say he, that they just had acceptance for PlayStation or something? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, watch this space. There'll be more, more to come. More space. <laughs> now, yes, our final interview for this episode is uh, a VR game. VR title. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one of two VR titles that we got to uh, got to play, and this I enjoyed the hell out of. Although I saying well. that, both of the VR games we played were amazingly enjoyable. The, the upside for this one for me was the fact that I didn't destroy a TV or anything else. Yeah, you did kind of go crazy, but we'll talk about that on the because that one's Another we're saving that for the next for the last next part. Episode. Yeah, but no, you didn't destroy anything on this one, Phil, which was nice. Yeah. <laughs> But it's um, always nice when you don't. My favourite bit is the opening when you're in the shack picking the level and you've got the little pop guns. Yeah. And you could literally fire everything in the shack and it would activate something and stuff would, like, you could knock things over or things would spin around and activate alarm clocks and things like that. That was, oh my God. I could have just spent the uh, whole session, whole demo doing that. I think you, I, I saw you doing it and I was like, I think you're you're loving that much more than anything else <laughs> if they'd have just said the whole thing yeah if they'd have just said this is it i'd have been happy with that find it i was looking oh, for 
I was looking for different things that I could just shoot and see what they did. You were just like, I don't really give a damn. I'm just going to shoot everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, even looking behind me, like directly yeah. behind me. You could activate everything. It was it was amazing. They had done a really good job with that, that home, rather landing or whatever you want to call it. Space. Yeah, yeah, like the hub. Yeah. But even, even going into the main gameplay, that was because I kept forgetting that I could actually duck and avoid stuff and not have to worry about getting hit i kept forgetting about yeah, that because it, it used that it used the whole functionality of the um vr like completely yeah like we're gonna make this game per so work so well you won't actually know what to do yeah. like you you actually can move out the way like you can do this with your head because i didn't even realize that there were sensors in the he- the headset for it to pick up something like that yeah yeah yeah. so when you get in the projectiles coming at you every now and again i get them say that i could hear the guy saying to me he's like oh you can duck out the way of those i was like oh yeah avoiding trying to do that but then doing that and i'm losing where i'm direction i'm shooting in and i can see because they had a party mode didn't they that you could have like up to five players and take it in turns for high scores and stuff and I can see that being such a laugh. Yeah, it, it would be hilarious because they, they said it's only like rounds, didn't they? Yeah. So it's like one person does this round and the next does another and then you just see what happens. Yeah. Like see who gets a high score from that rather than anything else. But that's, it's something that we're yet to really see is proper sort of multiplayer and party vr games yeah and i think this might be uh, this one both well both of the ones that we played are starting to uh, you can see that they're starting to incorporate multiplayer yeah vr multiplayer yeah which is is nice yes so uh what was the name of the game phil we played dick wild (laughs) doesn't that go wild it does (laughs) yeah we were chatting to wiki wiki wild but you know wiki wiki wah wah (laughs) We were talking to Yoshim. Yoshim. I think that's how it's pronounced. I apologise if uh, if I my pronunciation's off. Pronunciation. From Bolverk Games. And um, we were chatting about Dick Wild, which is you are basically a, a hunter with... Depending on what weapons you pick. Yeah, you could choose from machine guns to pistols to bow crossbows, and bow and arrow. I, I had paintball gun. Oh, you had the paintball guns? Yeah, I had paintball guns. What did I pick? I'm sure I had... I'm sure mine were just like pistols. I think I'd just gone for yeah, the I standard. Think, I think you went standard pistols. I went for paintball guns because I thought that'd be funny. <laughs> but I liked the... Um, you had power-ups as well. Yes. So you could have like a gun turret next to you and mines. Yeah, that you shot and then it killed everything. Yeah. But the, the the game itself, it does this whole thing. It tricks you on the first few levels. That you you get on a few games where it tricks you with how how uh, how how easy it is to start off with. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like, here you go. Here's wave three. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh dear. There's so much going on. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah far too much. Yeah. Like if it was a, a standard game that didn't wasn't a VR, you'd probably be alright with it because not everyone's used to it. If it was just like, whoa, this is, uh, it's really good, but you're just like, you're not expecting that sort of jump. No, it did kind of get Jumping quite over. Like a crocodile. Yeah. 
quite overwhelming quite quickly. Yeah. But, um, but I yeah. I wasn't sure if they did that on purpose or not. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's a full game yet. Is it out officially? I think so. I think I saw it on Steam. Oh. I think it was on offer, actually, on Steam for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, so whether or not it will still be on offer when this episode goes live, I don't know. One can only hope. One can only hope. Um, but in the meantime, feast your ears on the uh, final ep- uh, final interview for this episode, talking about Dick Wild. Let's get wild. Let's get... And that's not the name of my porno. Let's get all that dick. <laughs> dick wild. Guess what? We're back. We are back. We are back again. And, uh... Shady's back. Oh, stuff on and pull. Oh, okay. I thought that was where you were going with that one. Um, yes. Thank you for joining us again, folks. Not that you really have a choice. Um... But, uh, well, just don't. <laughs> this has got off to a bad start. I need a cup of coffee and some food. Um, but the uh, gentleman with us, who is probably eager to go off and get food and has just been here since the crack of dawn, uh, you are here uh, with Dick Wild. Who are you, sir? I'm Joachim. I'm the creative director of Wildwork Games. And you are here with Dick Wild. Yes. What is Dick Wild? Dick Wild is a VR game where you, yeah, you basically stand on a raft and you have all these, all these monsters coming towards you and you have to shoot them um, before they kill you. But the the whole idea about the game is that that you are this uh, redneck exterminator who needs to like he's, he's the guy who comes when you when you have like monsters and invasive species in your in your lake uh, and then he comes and takes care of it with his wild guns and yeah now we saw uh, in the demo there's that, uh, I was using the revolvers. Yep. Phil, you were using paintball guns. How many? There's a whole multitude of weapons available in the game um, at your disposal. What? Yeah. What is there? Well, seven. We have seven weapons right now, and it's they're very, very different. We have uh, a grenade launcher where you can launch a grenade into the air and explode it with the other hand. Uh, you have a, a bow, which is like a. a it's called a chain lightning boat, so it like it branches out when you hit something with it. Um, we have more. We have a, a saw blade harpoon rifle, which shoots uh, harpoons and saw blades. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of, of different weird and funny things too. Yeah. So you've got uh, the area that we were playing in was the swamp. Yeah. So we were getting inundated with uh, crocodiles, there were piranhas, um, but there were other couple of other areas. What um, is that? So we've got, is that three in total? And then do we have a variation on the uh, creatures that are coming for us in those areas? Yeah, so you have you have three different areas with three uh, unique levels inside. So it's nine in total. Uh, and and the areas have have different kind of creatures. So you have in, in the lagoon there is there is sharks. Uh, in the north there is um, what's called mosasaurus, which is like a a prehistoric dinosaur creature thing. Um, yeah. So there's there's a lot of different things there. Also, the flying are in the north. They are crows, I guess. Yeah. And ravens and stuff so yeah okay. I saw uh, there's like a few perks when you finish each level so you've got like a mini garden and things like that how many different things have you got in total for that 
so right now we have we have uh, four boxes in total, and one of them is, is like a mine layer, it lays out mines for you. And you can use tactically to like either shoot them yourself to get like like explode everything in in the, in the area, or you can get a, a sentry gun which just shoots everything that comes close to you. You can get an anti-air, which is a bunch of like firework rockets that goes up and takes out the uh, annoying seagulls and tries to shit in the head. <laughs> so uh, we've we've had a go, and um, it's out now on Steam. How long has uh, have you been working on it? Is it it's just yourself? You've got another member of your team in there. Is it just the two of you, or have you? Uh... So the guys in there right now is our publisher, um, and we are in total nine, yeah, nine people uh, with three interns. Uh, and we did we did the game in like we used three months of doing the the prototype of the game, uh, three men job and. After that, we could, we went the whole team on it for four months. So, how did how did the idea of Dick Wild come about? With did you know you wanted to make a VR title, or, or did you have an idea in mind, and the VR idea came from that? So we um, we we mainly do VR games. We we did a, another game called Kitty Apocalypse before this, um, which is a, a tower defense game. And we wanted to, like when we're done with, with Kitty Parkers, we needed to start on a new project, of course. And like we also need to do now when we're done with this. Um, and and I was talking with my mates about like what kind of, what could be fun in VR. And he saw this video on YouTube with these, um, these redneck guys on, on a lake somewhere in America where it's it's totally yeah it's filled with with amazing species of of asian cops and and they're just throwing spears and boomerangs and using bow and arrows to shoot all these these insane fish and we're like why are we not doing this in VR? <laughs> we need it so the uh what we saw um we were selecting the solo mode but there's also the uh, party mode. Yeah. So what does that entail? So uh, the party mode is, is like a, where you, you get a bunch of your friends over and and then you it's like a, a pass the goggle kind of multiplayer thing where you you then you, you go in and you choose what weapons you need you want and what level and and then every time somebody dies or, or wins the level then you passes on the goggles to the next one and then when everybody's done uh, it, it shows you like your different high scores and who's the best on uh, among your friends yeah that's the that's the party mode it's very cool uh, so the uh, you say there's solo mode it's got the full there's uh, nine areas in total that's the same for the party mode you can access any part of both yes and no um, the party mode is a little bit different because when you're sitting there like the, the game takes about I don't know 20 minutes to half hours to complete like you know one whole level uh, and we didn't want people to just sit there and get bored with the game when they're, they're playing party mode so we we cut it down to five instead so it's, it's five and then you get the bus at the end um, instead of ten and then the bus at the end and then of course it's, it's different um, 
it's different from like enemies, the way they spawn up and all that stuff, it's, it's different there. It ramps up a little bit hard, hard faster, so you okay. die faster, of course. Just tweaked for the more party yeah. uh, atmosphere. So, it's, uh, we're seeing it on uh, Oculus on there. Uh, it's available on the Vive as well, I believe, and um, I'm coming to PSVR, hopefully, I, I hear. It's, it's like, we need to, to figure out how to to get it to work and I mean it, right now it's it's already working but we need to tweak a few things and we we think it'll be like in, in around two months out there. so looking forward to sort of the summer and hopefully uh, Dick Wild coming to a PSVR soon um so yeah, if you want to, because uh, I see you've got a, you're doing 50%, 15, sorry, I'll make that, yeah, uh, off uh, currently this week on Steam. Um, so this is your turn now, pitch to the uh, listeners why they should uh, go and check out Dick Wild. Yeah, definitely go check out Dick Wild because it's it's a very fast-paced and, and hectic uh, shooter. So it's a wave-based shooter, um, and and what you you really gotta do like go down and squatting and, and moving from side to side. So it's it's great fun. Like there's a lot of a lot of intense battles there. And yeah, we agree because yeah. uh, I don't think Phil quite wrecked the place, but uh, he did almost hit a couple of people in the head. <laughs> get in my way. <laughs> but you do just get too immersed in VR. Oh, that's your it. problem, Phil. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us. So there we go. All that dick. And all that wild. <laughs> that's the, the last of the interviews for this episode. We've got... Have we got five more four more for the next one uh it might actually yeah, be six more to be honest wow, six more. let me just have a look let me just check let me just one two three four yeah six in the next one six um in the next one but they're slightly there's a couple that are slightly shorter yeah and uh yeah so that'll be the last the fourth and final part of our edx res interview coverage and then normal programming will resume hopefully hopefully we need to get the uh get the band back together the band, uh, it's, it's always difficult to get the band back together it always is always difficult because we've we've we're off we're, we're doing our own things and uh we we may also have uh extra member of the team joining us depending we've on, had them on prior, if it yeah. is the person i think it is yes yeah, yeah yeah uh we're just we're seeing how things going we're trying to expand the team here and it's just getting everyone's schedules to uh to sync up and try and sort something out so yeah which is never easy no never easy getting everyone's schedule to work out at exactly the same time no at the same point of the day no. in the same way <laughs> No, if the uh, planets align, then uh, we might just we, manage uh, it. We might. I, we certainly won't be able to record a new episode uh, for Star Wars Day. No, not this time. Which is unfortunate. But um, this episode I will, will be, be watching some Star Wars. Yeah, I think I might. Oh, no, I can't watch Force Awakens in 3D because I've changed my projector. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, but I might member. try and watch what member? Hey, member! Hey, um, member! Hey, member! I might try and watch Force Awakens. Sounds 
I'm probably going to watch New Hope. Nice. We'll have to see. Uh, but if uh, if we don't put out another episode before that, then happy Star Wars Day, everyone. Happy day of the 4th. Indeed. May the 4th. Um, don't, don't ever turn your back on May 6th. No, because that's Sith, is, yeah. don't, they, don't they say that? Some, some do, something, yeah, not some, everyone. Something like that. Any anything you want to add to uh, this last remaining last episode? remaining bits of this episode, Phil? No, no. Anything <laughs> that you want to add to the last remaining bits of this episode, Stefan? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Should we, should we uh... do the normal end thing? Yeah. Where we go, hey, I'm mon- I've been Monkey Man Phil. Oh, and I've been High Stefanition. Don't forget See, that's to... that's a normal ending. <laughs> it is. Don't forget, check us out. Facebook, Noah's Arcade UK, and Twitter, Noah's Arcade UK. Uh, you can find us at our website, noahsarcadeuk.com, where you'll find reviews and articles written by our fine selves. Yep. And others soon, hopefully. So, yeah, in the meantime, thank you for joining us. Uh, We've we'll been see happy you again to soon. serve you. Yes, always. <laughs> always, Phil. Always. See you soon, folks. Ta-ra. That's <laughs> all, folks. <laughs> da 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 da